But y'all ready to get it in? Yeah. Episode four. Thank you for tuning in to Real Husbands of Riverview. You got my man Dre, Vince, and of course me, Aubrey. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now it's nothing too nothing too serious um everybody want to do a top five and we all love music love going to concerts uh one of my favorite concerts ever been to i was actually with vince we went to go see outcast great time loved it oh my god it was like incredible um so we can do top five albums top five songs or top five artists that impacts our life from our decade or that really gets you going um so who want to start it off we doing all three albums you can if you it's it's whatever you want you got full autonomy to knock it out however you want oh now that you're gonna open it up like that yeah and and we're not doing any we're not doing (laughs) genres are we we just no whatever whatever plays whether it's 10 years old 20 years old What's what's in your top five? Cool, cool. Okay. I feel like I feel like I might have to skip around, but I I I'll jump in. Okay. Because you know when it comes when it comes to the rap game, like I said, I'm not gonna say he's the best, but as far as my favorite, like it's it's got to be Wayne. Dom Kennedy. Okay. No, <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll get that joke maybe a year from now when we got a certain certain guest on the show. <laughs> oh man, but no, like like I said, man, it, it's it's got to be Wayne for me. Like coming up, okay. coming up when we did like Wayne hit his height, kind of right there at the at the end of high school through college, and he was just killing the mixtape game. And, yes. and like even if it wasn't a mixtape he was on everybody's song like he guaranteed you yep. a top 10 hit yep and so you couldn't you couldn't avoid Wayne and like like he was he was clever he was doing it all the time and like because of that era that it was Wayne, Wayne's got that that place for me okay like Wayne had hits out the ass and like you said as far as mixtapes goes when we were in high school coming up you didn't play nothing but Wayne I remember I remember like it was yesterday like he just had hit after hit after hit and it was just incredible and I'm from Virginia I know it's considered the south sometimes but like I was always listening to the New York City rappers the Jay-Z's the Nas and you know big time rappers like that so for Wayne to just be dominant where I'm from and everyone was listening to it all my football teammates all my friends he had an incredible run for sure for sure like you you can't replace him and then like when you think about just his influence like the number of rappers that that you hear today that like that say oh if it wasn't for Wayne I wouldn't even be doing this yep you know so yeah, Wayne. Wayne is definitely in in my tops. All of my mixtapes. Oh my god! Like I used to be able to rap them things verbatim. <laughs> yeah, and like, and it's not just Wayne. Like I feel like any of these, any of these like albums, mixtapes that you was listening to, like you can flip them on in a car, and it's crazy how lyrics will just stay with you. Like all you got to hear is that first, you know, two bars, and you can skip the rest of it. Yep. For me, again, growing up, I was always a Jay-Z fan. He is my number one favorite rapper of all time. I look at Jay-Z like I look at Michael Jordan in basketball. I feel like how Jay-Z has been able to come into the game, become a businessman, become a billionaire, and how he's been able to show these guys how to really handle your business. I think he's just the architect of like how it's supposed to be. He grew up with his music, he started rapping about different things. Exactly. Like everything that you want as far as a career goes, his stuff goes platinum. He sells out concerts. He, his lyrics, his beats, the production, 
you name it, he's been able to do it. And just just like Wayne, like you put Jay Z on your song, or he'll use you as a feature, and it's a hit. Like I'm just Jay Z is my guy, all time favorite rapper. I try to see him whenever he's close. Like Jay Z's my guy, all time favorite rapper, easy. And see, Jay for for me, I look at Jay. He I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite, but if you ask me who who's the best, it's Jay. Yeah. Like when it when it comes to 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 going in the booth and and laying down lyrics, because that that's the thing that, that separated Wayne, and why I don't put Wayne in the top five lyricists of all time, because Wayne couldn't tell a story with his raps, but Jay can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, as far as albums go, <laughs> again, back to me being in high school, um, 50 Cent Drop, Get Rich, Die Try. Yes. And I was a high school football player. I wore do-rags. I wore wife beaters. I wore fitteds. And I emulated 50 Cent. I tried to talk like him. So when that album dropped, like he set the tone for like how Dosky and Brothers had their swag. Like I tried to be just like 50. I would work out, listen to 50 Cent, and you know, get ready for the game, listen to 50 Cent. And like, I think that song, that album had like 15 hits on it. You can play every track from start to finish and it goes. Like, you don't have to skip any songs. Every song on that album to me was a hit. And they still play on the radio. Like, 21 Questions, Wankster, In the Club. Like, it was just incredible. I, I, I love that album. It's in my top five albums of all time. I put the album up against anything. Wait, so, Aubrey, you were one of those people in high school that had on the do-rag and the and the sweatband over the do rag and the, the bro with the fitted. I wore I wore white beaters. I wore white beaters outside. You, I swear I was mini small. <laughs> I'll be walking around going Oh my god! When Fifty Cent drive, get rich, that try and drink. You couldn't tell me nothing. I thought I was about to get a ten day contract, a three sixty deal, get a G unit train. Like I was just. I was all about it. And it, it's funny you mentioned that album and listening to it before games. Because, like, <laughs> like, I had that. Many men. Yes. yes. Wish death upon me, Lord. I don't cry anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. As I had that joint playing before my senior year, we had a playoff game. I went out and got four, four touchdowns that game. Woo! And then the next game, humble, you know, humble brag. Shoot, <laughs> humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> but the, the next game, we had an away game for the playoffs, and the batteries in my CD player stopped, so oh, I couldn't no. listen to that joint. What's a CD player? <laughs> What's a fact? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I went out and broke my collarbone, collarbone that game. Oh, man. Damn CD player. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that that album definitely has has a top a, t- a place in my top. I don't know as far as albums. Yes, indeed. I don't know what you heard about me, but I can't get a dollar out of me. <laughs> no Cadillac, no perms, you can't see. Then I'm a VIMP. Oh my God, taking me back. Vince, what year? What years were you in college? If you don't um, mind, I, I was in college from. Um, 04 uh, started as a freshman and graduated in in, tw- in 2008. So did the did the four year route for me. Okay, yeah, I was 04 to 08 as well. Y'all, oh, I was 05 to 09. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I like I like oh, man. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to I was just trying to get a sense of when you were in college and when what Wayne album was out and what Wayne album was out when you were in high school and stuff. So so yeah, it would have been the same thing for me. Yeah. Um so I'm one of those 
transplants to Florida. So I started high school in New York, then came to Florida, and you guys already know how that is. Every state has it's Brooklyn. Exactly, every state has a bunch of random New Yorkers in every high school that think that they know everything and everything is revolves around New York. So when 50 like popped, which would have been maybe my sophomore year in high school or so, um, I, I don't know, maybe freshman year. I was one of those because I also I went to high school in Queens. So I was one of those, oh, 50 Cent, that dude, he used to ride bicycles and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, like, I was one of those dudes. <laughs> like, I remember when 50 was riding bicycles and he was on public television freestyling. <laughs> like, I was one of those dudes. So I didn't think nothing <laughs> of it. And I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, I know this dude. Like, it's nothing exclusive because I, I know him or I know of him. I never expected him to take off the way he took off. Like, he is in a, a whole stratosphere of his own. Um in rap outside of rap and in every uh, every other aspect of you know the business world um uh, the wayne conversation um similar concept my senior year in high school um i remember right before i went to bethune cookman i was working at sonics and one of them albums was out maybe it was the carter two or the carter one that had to be carter one that one maybe yeah probably the carter one had came out and i knew a few songs i did not know that when i got to college maybe it was a florida thing like if you went to a club in the state of florida in 04 05 or 06 that club was going to play the entire album like at some, not <laughs> not straight through but eventually you would hear every song so whichever album had um what song is it I'll, I'll get to it, but you know, Aubrey, you know what album I'm talking about, where they literally played the whole thing. <laughs> oh, the one yeah, that had um, this is the Carter. Uh, so the one yeah. with Jazzy Faye. Yep, yeah. that's the Carter. That's mm, Carter one. Mm, mm. Yes, sir. I'm waiting the entire album, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> and at the end of the night, they start playing plies and and all that stuff. You when you want to leave because you don't want to get shot. <laughs> when the goons come out yeah um oh man but for the topic of like top five because i know we had this conversation kind of briefly before via uh group chat um top five albums for me now unfortunately it, it's all rap i say unfortunately because it's going to seem like i'm just like this big rap head but i do like way more than rap but my top five albums would be Life After Death by Biggie. I feel like that was game changing. It was 11 million. I think anything over 10 million is considered diamond. And for a rap album yeah. to do that, I think that was the first rap album to do anything of that nature. Since then, I think there's only been two or maybe three diamond rap albums. Eminem's, one of his albums, and of course 50's album, maybe one or two others. But for 1997 album to do diamond, um, I mean, some people would say, well, that happened because he passed away and, and, you know, all that other stuff. But I mean, other rappers have passed away and haven't done Diamond. Um, so Life After Death, um, Reasonable Doubt, the most underrated album of all time or critically acclaimed, you know, didn't get its props when it was out. But now, in retrospect, people probably look at it as one of the greatest albums. Uh, only built for Cuban links. Y'all know me. It's always Wu Tang Wednesday. <laughs> so, uh, Raekwon the Chef. Uh, have y'all ever listened to Only Built for? Well, you have. You just didn't know that you listened to it. You, I, I bet you guys can all name a bunch of Wu Tang songs and not realize, oh, that was on Only Built for Cuban links. If I'm not mistaken, I think um, Cash Rules, everything around me was on there. Like, I could be wrong, but there was a, a lot of like traditional Wu-Tang songs that you wouldn't know that was on his uh, Raekwon solo album of Only Built for Cuban Links. Um, <laughs> the score, I'm, I'm going to have to pull my Obama. Obama would throw this out. The score by the Fugees in 96. Notice a lot of these are 96 albums too. Um, and Illmatic. Nas, one of the greatest rappers of all time. Illmatic. You can throw on Illmatic and make you never, but it's one of those albums that you didn't know that you knew all those songs from that album. You know, a bunch of Nas songs. And then when you listen and track after track, you're like, whoa, this was on Illmatic? So, yeah, that would be my top five albums. Okay. That's a strong list. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that list at all. Can't go wrong. No, that's a strong list. So, um, my top five, as I mentioned, 
in high school, even now, like I'll throw on some Get Rich Die Trying. I'm a huge 50 Cent fan, so number one would be Get Rich Die Trying. Number two, Food and Liquor by Lupe Fiasco. Number three, Word of Mouth, Ludacris, solely for the intros. And like every hit that summer was from Ludacris. The South blew up with that album. The Low End Theory, A Tribe Called Quest, some of his favorite rap group of all time. Um, number five, Life After Death by Biggie. And honorable mention, I gotta throw the blueprint in there by Jay. I think that was like when Jay was just untouchable. Like I think he had 10 hits on that album and my one of my favorite jams on there that doesn't get that much play was Girls, Girls, Girls. Oh, great I love record. Girls, great girls, 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 I do adore. Like I just thought he was just again, I still think Jay-Z is one of the coolest dudes ever. And when that song dropped, I was just like, oh my God, that's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> that album, the um, not the album, that video, wasn't that the beginning of the throwback era? Because he had on that that jersey. It was like a maroon <laughs> jersey sort of yeah, had a 30. It was a baseball, yeah. Yeah, and we were like, I oh, remember, this is yeah. different. Like older yeah. jersey. Like normally you wear an older jersey because you're broke and you're wearing a jersey from 92. <laughs> but that from then on we just saw a wave of this thing called throwbacks. I feel like he legit started that wave with that um that video. He started Jay-Z started all the trends. Like you talk about defining hip hop. Like the man started with throwback jerseys, then the button ups, then he had a shoe and then he had rockerware and then he just every level he was able to just change and enhance the game and it was impressive like oh my god the storytelling and just how he was able to like he grew up with hip-hop he was the single bachelor just rapping about his past life and then you see him getting married he has a serious relationships and ups and downs in a relationship but like it was just it was tremendous like one of my favorite songs by jay-z of all time is soon you'll understand and like you can cook to that song. You can make love to that song. Like you can hoop to that song. Like it's just such a great story about how a relationship has its ups and downs, and how he's trying to be vulnerable and talk about you know how life is for him from his perspective. And like it's just incredible. Uh, to um, to correct myself, the song that everybody probably knows from Wu Tang that's on Raekwon's album is Ice Cream. That oh was yeah, the song Ice Cream. Butter pecans getting touched. Yeah, <laughs> French vanilla butter pecan chocolate deluxe. Yeah, that was on uh, uh, Raekwon's album. But yeah, I, not, I hate to go back to this, but I can't get this out of my mind after you mentioned this, Dre. Like hearing about Fifty on a bike, all I could think about is Debo. <laughs> and that's that's essentially what, what it was. I, I was watching um so i feel like every city or every county has public television so in in queens it was q qvtv or something like that the q's queens vision television or something like that and he was just doing like a grainy interview on a couch and he rode a bike to the interview so so from then on to this day that's what i think of when i think of 50 cent like you know they always say first impression is the lasting impression like if the first time you meet someone mm -hmm. they stink you always think about that like the first <laughs> time i think about 50 cent i think about him riding a bike to an interview <laughs> oh man what to, what about you vince what's in your top five so my top five albums it's a little different like because they're not necessarily the best albums that i've listened to but like they just hold special places for me and yeah. so in no particular order, and I'll kind of give a reason why they're on here. So my first first one is, is, is Harlem World by Mace. Mace and Betha. Yes. And like, to me, like Mace, like he doesn't get enough credit for what he was doing back then. And like, it's a shame that him and Puffy had their little falling out the way that he did. But like that album, that was the, the first CD that I was able to purchase myself. And like, didn't have to worry about my mom taking it back because of the because of the language on it or nothing like that. That was mine. You you go to Tower Records or Sam Goody. Oh, where did I go for that one? <laughs> yeah, I was actually buying real albums. I was getting bootlegs. <laughs> and see, but see, this was before you had a CD burner. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, man. so yeah, this so that was that was my first album. That one's got a special place, you know. Uh, Why you over there looking me looking at me was on that record. 
Wamame. Now, what the hell are you? Yeah, I remember that. Look, made me feel good. Can a young man that. get money anymore? So you can't can't go wrong with that one. Uh, Didn't next. he do a song on on the Rugrats um soundtrack? Yep. <laughs> yeah, take me there. Yep, him and his twin Black brother. Street, Black Street, Maya, Maze. Yeah, man, it was. I remember that. I still sing that song. <laughs> take me there. I wanna go there. <laughs> I could probably rap that whole song right now. <laughs> I can give you the chorus. I can't That's give you the crazy. whole song. <laughs> the oh, funny man. thing is, you're not the first person I've heard say that. I have another friend. Who's funny thing? He's a pastor, but he would all. If we're having a conversation about rap, he would always be like, "Yo, that's one of the most underrated albums of all time is uh, the Mace Harlem World album." Harlem I'm World. like, oh. it did well. Like they put Mace on the map. Like he was everywhere. Him and Brandy had a little relationship during the frame. Like it was crazy. Y'all remember those um, Word Up Map? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's when we were all in those little. Oh man, the nineties. <laughs> if you wanted to hear about the the beef or or the drama was going on, you had to go to Walmart or uh, Walgreens and stand in in line and grab one of them tab- tabloids, the Word Up tabloid, and read it. Yeah, because <laughs> there was no Twitter to tell you who was beefing with who twenty two twenty two yep. seconds ago. You find out about a beef three months later. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so so got Harlem World in there. And then back on the wing kick, I, I'm going to go with the Carter 2. That's where you get Fireman, Go DJ, Hustler Music, you know. Oh, stepping out the fucking car lamp. You know. Looking like a star. Yes. When you see me make a wish, holler at your, your boy JR. You know. Oh, man. I'm going to just say GMFB, you know, keep it keep it uh, G, PG rated over here. <laughs> that was on that record. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that that was just a great time in my college because I think that was I think I want to say that was sophomore year in college, maybe freshman overlap. But I know it, it was it was playing in my car pretty much everywhere I went. Um, <laughs> so that one was in there. Um, another one that got heavy play during that time period was was Jeezy, uh, Thug Motivation. Oh. When that one hit, like I don't know what it was about Jeezy because. Like he he just had a different way of coming out and, and telling his story and the and the ad libs. I, I feel like I may be wrong on this, but I feel like Jeezy was the first one to really put ad libs and feature them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a that was a great record for me. Um throwing it back a little bit. Um gonna go back to Stankonia by by them boys Outcast. Oh yes. Like you can't you, you just can't go wrong with that. Uh, they got to be included in there. Um, and then finally, rounding out the top five, I had uh, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z. Can't go wrong with any of those albums, man. And I think that also just shows like how we're all in our 30s, and you know, there's a lot of great artists out there. Like Right now, one of my favorite rappers is J. Cole, but he's not in my top five albums because of just how I define who I am was from those latter stages of high school and college and adulthood. And like, that was before J. Cole's time. And it's just crazy how you have 50 Cent, Maze, Jay-Z, and Lil Wayne. Cause I'm sure the generation now is like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Who's in your top five? So it's crazy. And I would never, like I would never get into any of the the babies, Lil Uzi Verts, like they'll have hits on the radio or a nice beat that I could knock to. But as far as me downloading or buying an album from one of them, it's just not gonna happen. And see, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I feel like that's what's there's, there's two things that that's kind of taken me out of the music game. One is I'm now with my wife, so I'm not out in the bars chasing girls, and I'm not hearing music <laughs> like that. <laughs> So that's one thing. And then two, I feel like once like Napster, um, I used to be on Aries, Morpheus, once all peer the sharing. downloading, yeah, once all the peer sharing that um, sites kind of went down and it became strictly Shout iTunes. Shout out to LimeWire. Yeah, LimeWire. See, I never had that one. My friends had that one. But but like once I'm it became- like several computers because of that. Once it, exactly. <laughs> 
I, I started getting too many too many viruses. So once it became all about iTunes and you had to pay them, like one, you were only getting the singles. You wasn't gonna pay for the full album. And like, so I've just really fallen off on how much I keep up with today's music. But from what I hear on the radio, like these boys is trash. Like, like you said, every yeah. once in a while they'll have their hits that you can knock with. But for the majority, I'm not feeling it. Well, it's not that not they're trash. It's that the the air listening to it is only listened for. <laughs> funny thing, as the baby says, uh, what he said, uh, I want a, I want something with some beat in it. Nah, I sound really old. What is it? What is his, his little thing that he says? <laughs> that boom pat. I, I, <laughs> I can't. I have no idea. Something with some like, bass in it or something like that. I don't know. He says something, but that's what 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 people are listening for is legit just the beat now. It, they could care less what they're saying in the song or if they're painting a picture or anything. And I'll give that to them. They do have some good beats. If I just want to hear something to to bop my head to, like the young dude, uh, Roddy Rich, the one that has, I put the new fuzzies on the Jeep, like that song. I, I didn't know this dude was Grammy nominated. I heard the song and I know the song because it plays on the radio. I wouldn't say he's a great lyricist and I wouldn't say he's worthy of winning a Grammy or one of the highest honors in music, but that's what rap listeners of today are listening for is just a good catchy song as opposed to a good artist or a good song. True. Man, it's to the point now where it's I'm on the radio and I'm thinking like it's the original and not like a sample and I get hyped when the beat drops oh, and then yes. when it's like the new song oh, man. I get so pissed I'm like what is this crap? that bothers me You're to, to my hits. core because they do it to a lot of they do that to a lot of one Great hit and one hit wonders from the 90s like brownstone and escape when well, I escape but yes like, um total and stuff and I'm like yep. yo these people who were born in like 1999 will never know of that original song they just nope. think of this song and not realizing no this was a legit hit back in yep. the day <laughs> yeah and you know what I'm that old person you know what gets me about these samples like and you, you just hit it Aubrey we are getting old <laughs> I get it yeah like <laughs> but like it's, it's the most the most like let down feeling when you're scrolling the gram or whatever and it'll say <laughs> you know what song came out 20 years ago <laughs> like Big Pimpin' is 20 years old oh my god you know I love him huh? <laughs> don't remind me <laughs> Belly the movie Belly is 21 years old wow oh my god Wow, oh my my, my Wu Tang Wednesday song of the day um, from uh, Supreme Clientele is twenty years old. <laughs> so, from Ghostface Killer. So, yeah, twenty years flew by. Jeez. Speaking of Belly, that's probably one of the best movie intros of all yes. time. Like the blue light, the eyes, the song. Like Mary J. Blige's voice when Nas and DMX walks in that room it's just like oh my god and like speaking of dmx like how's it going down oh my god it's probably one of the best rap songs of all time what type of games have you played how's it going down it's all till it's gone so i got stood on that like oh my god like his voice his delivery like shout out to dmx like, it's funny yeah. you bring up DMX because I forgot all about him. Like in the discussion of top fives, like, like he never came up for me. But then you think about like, damn, where is his place in the list? Yeah, stop, drop, shut him down, open up shops. <laughs> yeah, uh, rough riders and like. Speaking of that song, um, how's it going down? Like I, I feel like everybody knows every word of that song. Like back in my heathen days. Now this is before I met the love <laughs> of my life. I used to send, <laughs> yo, I used to send like random texts to whoever, like whatever. You know, now it would be like I would legit wrap the lyrics in the message, like yo, take the snow up to one five zero. Joe, get that. Come back with that. We can split that. Sit back. Oh, no, get that. With that. <laughs> Fifty four eleven side seven with curls, baby face. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh god! No, I, I, I got. Hey, I ain't mad at you. Before I was walking straight and narrow. 
What was the success yeah. rate on that, Dre? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know when to hold him and know when to hold him. <laughs> that, that only works on certain. <laughs> And you miss all the shots you don't take. This is true. <laughs> oh, Scared money don't make analytics. money. <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, man. We won't always marry. So I definitely understand that, man. But yeah, like, again, like that song, no matter how old I am, no matter how old that song is, will forever get plays because it's just that time in my life. It was just a special moment. Yeah, because you know what? I, I, I had a thought the other day. And um, cause I I've got some nieces and nephews like, um, some one's a senior in college right now, and then um, the other one's like a, a sophomore in high school. So I was thinking about it like, do songs from our time still get played at their prom, and do they still get hype about them? <laughs> yeah, cause they they view it as like yeah they view it as like the electric slide. The, the songs that we was dancing to <laughs> is the electric slide to them now. But like, yeah, but like, so, so like <laughs> another one that's, that's 20 years old, Back That Ass Up comes on. Like, first of all, <laughs> that song changed middle school yes. dances forever. Yes. I was in, I think, the seventh or eighth grade <laughs> when Back That Ass Up came out. And you talk about game changer. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you know what's happening in middle school, but there's a lot of hormones, there's a lot of excitement. So when a song called Back Your Ass Up comes on, it's a game changer. And I know that's probably sounding bad, but in middle school, you just did whatever you could to just have a good time. And that was just a great experience. So shout out to Juvenile. (laughs) Funny story. So we've all seen the movie The Wood, right? Oh yeah, um, and the main character—I never know any of their names—but the main character in the movie, who's the, the older version about of his, Big Mike, is a big is Big Mike the um, Omar Ebbs character big, as a child. Yeah. So yeah, my experience big Mike from the of world. going to dances in that age was what he was doing. <laughs> like everyone was doing the most modern dances, and I would bust out with like the moonwalk <laughs> and the Michael Jackson <laughs> kick and the um and the worm. <laughs> <laughs> and legit, it would get the whole floor. Would be like, "Yo, Andre can dance." <laughs> the robot and all that. That was my experience. That was my experience at like middle school and elementary school dances. Oh my god! <laughs> but honestly, though, like that's where you get your experience from. Like when we're growing up, a lot of our first dances are like family functions, and you do what you see your relatives do. So when you go like out in the world, whether it's a school dance or a party. And you just try to bust out what you think is cool. Because <laughs> I'm one to embarrass the hell out of myself when I used to go skate. Like, the big thing back in Virginia when you were in middle school before you go to the clubs was go to skate land. And on Saturday nights, you'd skate, and I was barely mastering how to walk on two feet, let alone dance on skates. <laughs> and so just when music plays, you try to do what you think is going to naturally flow. And I would embarrass the shit out of myself. <laughs> but it was all in good fun. So I feel you on that, Dre. Uh, when I think back to our middle school dances, like it was one dance, and I couldn't I, I couldn't even tell you the name of it, honestly. But it was one dance that all the boys ever did. Cause like one one guy did it and all the girls liked it. So everybody was just copying <laughs> that. <laughs> oh man. I remember when the Harlem Shake was big. Everybody used to try to catch their leg, pop their collar, <laughs> Harlem Shake. Uh, the um, the heel toe was big where I'm from. It's a weird dance that people used to do. The percolator. Y'all used to do the percolator in Maryland events? Oh, no. I, I never did it. It's uh. <laughs> <laughs> a good way to answer. <laughs> oh, man. Oh man, what try, what dances do we have? I know, like Maryland in the in the in the go go scene, they had they was beating their feet. Um, that was a big one. Um, trying to think what else was was hitting. Uh, On oh, mothers, kill mo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I know when I was in high school, Three Six Mafia and Dipset ran my high school. Like so, I was a huge, and <laughs> I'm currently, you know, what I'm getting that. I am currently still a, I, I wouldn't say a huge Dipset fan, but Dipset, like I was, the way you were the G Unit guy, I was the Dipset guy. So <laughs> you had a pink shirt. You had a pink no, shirt. I didn't really pink do pink. the pink. I did pink at. You know, I did pink, pink at Cookman. My, so freshman year. At, <laughs> So freshman year at Bethune Cookman, that was the whole button-up stage. So dr- going up to a, a grown and sexy club was a button-up in jeans. So you know those like that was that year where you wore a button-up and it was like stripes, like yep. it was just <laughs> different color stripes. And I feel like every fifth person had the same damn button-up. We all got it from the same place. But I think I had a pink one, and I killed them with the pink one. <laughs> killed them with the pink. Killed them with the pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I must have the game that was pink. Right, I, I did it to a point where somebody stole it. So my oh, my man. roommate, <laughs> so my roommate freshman year, first semester of freshman year, he dropped out and went back home. But I was on the track team, so I would be on track meets over the weekend. I wouldn't come back till like late Sunday. When he left, he took the button up. Um, <laughs> he took the the PlayStation too. <laughs> and oh, remember, that was around the state the, the the time of getting those shirts that had stuff not airbrushed but like ironed on like the stop snitching shirt like the okay. shirt that had biggie counting money in the in the coogee like it was just a white t-shirt you could get it at gas stations but it had something exclusive on it i think i posted in our, our group text one time um yeah, Jay, uh, jason williams thing. had the um <laughs> he had the home depot shirt but it said whole depot like, <laughs> like that was that around that era. So I, I think I had the stop snitching shirt, and I had the one that Biggie was in the Kooji shirt, um, counting money. I feel like he stole the stop snitching shirt. He took a bunch of stuff, including the pink button. Up. <laughs> oh man, I never was really a fashionable guy in college what really saved me a little bit was the fact that i worked at finish line so i was able to give me some nice shoes at a discount but as far as keeping up with the trends like honestly coming from richmond virginia um moving to daytona beach florida i did not think i was going to like like it or fit in because not to be stereotypical but i didn't have gold teeth and I didn't have dreads. <laughs> um, and every dude who was just the man had gold teeth and dreads. I'm a dark skinned brother with a low cut that smiles, and that was just not working for me. <laughs> it just wasn't working for me. And I'm like, man, like I went from being this well known football player. I used to be able to make everybody laugh. And it was a culture shock. And they still wore Reeboks and Filas. And where I'm from, it was all about Air Force Ones and Jordans. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not going to win. And um, slowly but surely, you know, things started to change. And, you know, it was definitely one of the best times of my life. It definitely was like one of the best four-year spans in my life so it was a really good time for sure yeah i'm, I'm kind of in the same boat i was never big on the fashion but like being an athlete like playing playing uh football in college and everything like i only had like i was walking around basketball shorts and t-shirts all day like yeah what was comfortable like that was the outfit and like <laughs> because you was on the team like you got a certain notoriety like you really didn't have to try. And then, like, we would go to the football parties and just being on a team, no one cares what you're wearing at that party. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I never really got big into fashion. Like, once I did graduate, um, I had a had a part-time job that I was doing. Um, what was the name of that store? Uh, Man Alive. Man Alive, which is, is very mm-hmm. similar to... to um, to up against the wall. Now it's um, was Jimmy Jazz bought them out. Mm. Um, so like that's when I really started to get like more more fashion forward. Um, but you know never really tried to keep up with all the trends. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I was more more about keeping money in my pocket than than buying a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah. So we gonna go another top five with artists or songs. Or y'all wanna go movies? Movies, because songs is, is a really broad spectrum, <laughs> and it depends on the mood, depends on the time of day. If it's after 12, 12 a.m., it might be a whole different mood. Whole different mood. Uh-oh. 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 Per artist, exactly. <laughs> but movies, yeah, movies. Um, top five movies. Best movie of all time to me is Malcolm X. I think when we were playing basketball, I had a big heart to heart with y'all about that. When <laughs> so growing up as a child, I thought I don't know how to explain this, but I thought uh, Denzel Washington was Malcolm X, which makes no sense. But it makes perfect sense. Of, I agree. It came out in '92, so that's the thought of a seven or six year old. Like I, that's how good of a job he was. I'm like, so how did? He- That's how good of a performance it was. Like I legit thought it was the same person. And now, in retrospect, now that we have the the privilege of YouTube, where you can Google or look up all these speeches, now you can do the side by sides of what he was doing. And I'm like, yo, he was Malcolm X better than Malcolm X was Malcolm X <laughs> doing these speeches. <laughs> but um, so Malcolm X, great to me, obviously should have won the Oscar. He got a few Oscars he should have won, but they they made up for it a few times. Um, belly. <laughs> Speaking of belly, <laughs> so once again, back in my heathen days, I guess there's, there's not going to be a Bible scripture of the episode, but it's just going to be me <laughs> referring to my heathen days. But back in my heathen days, when I had um, uh, friends coming by my apartment, <laughs> my go-to was belly, especially if you hadn't seen it before, because it was a, a raw movie. <laughs> you catch my drift. It was a raw. Uncut movie with a lot of um, attractions <laughs> in that movie. Um, Mood set, yeah. So, but yeah, that was that was my movie. Um, also, uh, I'm a big. This is weird, and this is like extremely left field. But I guess this shows you the type of range I have in movies. But I'm a big Holocaust. Um, what's the word? Sympathizer type person and I like Holocaust movies just because I'm a history buff mm-hmm. so um, uh, Schindler's List is probably three mm-hmm. on my list of uh, greatest movies um, of all time um, New Jack City I'm a huge New Jack City guy <laughs> like I, I think I, I thought I was Nino Brown like literally I thought I was Nino Brown um, on my uh, my bachelor party which I, I tell my wife it was just a Bible study, but during my bachelor party, uh, I had the black <laughs> turtleneck with the gold chain around it, and I am my brother's keeper, and then all that stuff. My thirtieth birthday part, my thirtieth birthday, I had the black turtleneck with the black blazer over it, and had the Ducey bottle in my hand and stuff. Like I just that character of Nino Brown always stayed stayed with me, um, and fifth best movie of all time mm, you can't go wrong with any of the quote unquote hood classics like Cooley High or the Don't Be a Menace <laughs> or uh, I, yo that got me when they killed Cochise I've, I've never recovered from that I feel like that was the first movie I ever <laughs> cried watching when they killed Cochise <laughs> like, I still don't get it like he was this big strong basketball player he hit his head and he died or he just like <laughs> he got a few punches in the stomach and he just died out of nowhere. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> to, if I had to pick number five, you know, I'll be, I'll be. Mm, I was gonna say I'll be well-rounded and pick like something international or something, but nothing really comes to mind. What am I? You can always throw in Friday, like if you if you're cleaning yeah. on a Saturday. And you're just cleaning the house and you just need to throw something on, especially back when I didn't have no cable or nothing like that. So all I could do was plug it, plug something into the, the, the DVR, DVD. Um, Friday is always a go-to. That's strong. Okay. That's strong. Would you my top five. My top five, just trying to think off the top. I got to throw Coming to America. Yep. Um, 
I love a lot of people don't really know about this movie, but it's called Higher Learning. Oh yeah, yeah, Higher Learning. Oh, yeah. John Singleton. Yeah, um, one of his first movies he did. Um, I'm gonna throw <laughs> Antoine Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still standing. Uh, I'm still strong. Man. That's all I know from that. While you joking, while you joking, man, that scene, it gets me every time. Like, it's a drama. It's not that very popular, but Derek Luke's performance in that movie should have won him an Oscar. It was so relatable to how I was raised and how I grew up. And, like, it just, it just resonates with me so well. Um, another one with Derek Luke. Again, coming from a high school football player, I love Friday Night Lights. Yep. And number five, um, Sunset Park. <laughs> uh, not with the triple fat goose. Um, hmm. Man. Above the rim with Nutso when he jumped off the roof. <laughs> nah. I'm trying to think. I'm going to get you, sucker. I'm going to have to go with A Time to Kill. Ooh. Uh, oh, he went, he went that, serious. That's a good pool there. Sam, Samuel Jackson, Sandra Bullock, Matthew McConaughey. That magical scene in the courtroom. Like, even when it's not on, like, HBO or like a commercial free cable joint. I watch it on like TNT. Yes. They stretch the movie out like six hours. Uh, but yeah, Time to Kill. Is that the um, Yes, They Deserve to Die? Yes, They Deserve to Die? <laughs> yep. No, I get that movie confused with Mississippi Burning and Rosewood. Like they mm. all have the They're same very feel to it. Yeah. And if I had to throw an honorable mention in there, I can't forget my main man, Mitch Payton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to watch that movie every day in college. Like, never sold anything illegally in my, in my life. But again, it's just one of those relatable movies where you grow up in a certain neighborhood, you see things, and it's like, man, like, you just want to shine. <laughs> is, is that where you got the nickname A Boogie? <laughs> a Boogie, it's a, yeah, you can say that. It came from that and just other things. But yeah, A Boogie, I was ace. Like, I always just. <laughs> I just wanted to be fly. <laughs> that's that's been one of my main focuses in life, just to be fly. <laughs> All right. So, what about so you? To get into my um, big Quentin Tarantino fan, and so okay, um, I could make a whole list just off of his movies. Oh really, yeah, but, he 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 has his own top five of his own, but. It's it's a toss up between Django and and the Hateful Eight. Mm, Hateful like, Eight was it? You would. Uh, I'll let you continue. I'll critique like, later. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll explain because Django, I just love it for the story of it, right? But the Hateful Eight for the dialogue in that movie, to for mm-hmm. for it to take place in one room for the entirety of that movie. Did you see the extended version? It's on uh, Netflix or one of those. Yes, I, I did watch that. And that's crazy that a three-hour movie has an extended version. Yeah, and it, it, it puts <laughs> stuff together. Even though it puts stuff together in the, regu- the regular movie, it puts stuff together even more in the extended version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you could put those as, as 5A and 5B if you want. Put that in the top five. Um, okay. Shawshank Redemption is in there. Um, Coming to America is, in, is definitely in my top five. Like my my go to comedy movie. You know, me and my brother will go back and forth on that one, quoting it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's that three? Oh, and I, I thought going last would give me more time to think about this because <laughs> oh man, like there's just so movie, so many movies. Because I am really a movie guy. Like if. If if I have the choice between watching TV or movies, it's movies all day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What else will get in there? Well, I'll, I'll give you time to think because I'm gonna take Friday off my list and okay <laughs> and replace it. But I can't believe I forgot this movie because I literally live by it. Training Day. 
which is arguably one of the greatest movies of all time right there too true yeah i i live by that movie i I used to quote it at work all the time and i probably shouldn't because there's a lot of profanity in it and racial epithets in there but (laughs) but i used to quote that movie all the time are you a wolf (laughs) you got mad squabbles boy (laughs) (laughs) oh man Oh shoot! What else could go in there? Like, like you can't go wrong. And like, if you ask me again tomorrow, it might change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to go think. back to your Quentin Tarantino because I feel like you can pull Pulp Fiction from there. You can pull. I'm surprised you didn't say um, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, like you picked Hateful Eight over Inglorious Bastards. I think that one was one of his his best. And it and it is like it's it's they're all up there. Um, one that I'll throw in there. Um, although I didn't didn't really enjoy, I like the action scenes in it, but I didn't really enjoy the how big they went with it. The John Wick series has been awesome. I still haven't seen any yeah. of those yet. Well, you come into the crib. The first one is the best one. The first one is the best one for sure. But yeah, I agree with you, Vince. The the action is a little over the top, but the storyline is still pretty good. Yep. But the first one, oh my god, is incredible. Yep. <clears throat> I'm gonna th- throw in a sports one. I'm gonna I'm go with the program. Oh, 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 oh my abs. Oh, Darnell Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the program, like, that, yeah, it's a good football movie. It's underrated, but it's a really good football movie. <clears throat> Like I said, we can we can have another another discussion and just put it on genres because I could do sports movies, you know, action movies. Like we could go all day on that, mm-hmm. but that, that's what I'll leave it at for for today's episode. Okay. And for like our final topic, due to time purposes, like what's like one impact or like what's a legacy you want to leave, you know, for the next generation or for your kids, like. What's something that you want to either start or continue to define, like who you are and what you stood for? Um, I'll take a stab at that one first, because um, I, I was thinking about that today. And um, one thing I would like to do is I would like to get into youth coaching at some point, whether it's it's my kids um, whenever they come along or. You know, if it if that never happens, like just to get involved with the local teams here, because like I think about the coaches that I had and how they helped sh- shape me and things in my life, and I feel like mm-hmm. one, like I got a lot of knowledge of the game, and two, like to just be a positive influence in in the, the young culture, like I feel like is a is is a way that I would want to to give back. That's what's up, man. I definitely, I've tried to dabble myself into getting in the coaching, but people don't, I don't think, realize how much of a time commitment it is to be involved with coaching. Like, I tried to leave work and go to co- go to practice after work, and it'd be like 6.30 and practice in like 45 minutes, and it's just, but yeah, man, that's dope, man, getting into coaching. They just built the high school out here. Um, right around the corner from where I stay, so that may be an opportunity if you can get involved with that. That's what's up. Yeah, man. If I if I can do it, because now, especially working the shift that I work, like it does lend itself to being able to get out there and help out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, like who I need to talk to. Cause I know there's at least two little league teams, like within five minutes drive here that I could go. Oh, that's I could what's go up. Help out with so. You know, I guess, I guess, I don't know how they do it in Little League now. Like, especially here in Florida, they might take it too serious. They might have them kids in workouts right now. <laughs> so, I might have to look into that. But yeah, that's that's definitely that's what I want to do. Okay, what about you, Dre? Um, <clears throat> now I have my plan on what I want to do overall and what I want to do with my family. I still haven't fully defined what I want to do for my legacy and this kind of piggybacks off of the last episode we have and I made made a mention of making a dent with your dash you have a 
a, a date that you're born, a date that you die, and then a dash in between and doing something purposeful with that dash. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think I've fully defined it yet on what I'm going to do, because what I'm going to do is def- directly going to impact my family. Like I said, I plan on doing some future business endeavors to have them leave them with something, leave my daughter with something and like a, you know, a, a, a Campbell family lineage to go through. But that doesn't necessarily affect Riverview, doesn't necessarily affect Tampa or Florida or in general. So what do I want to do that's going to impact more than just my immediate family? Still working on that. Um, uh, and I'm working on it with my wife, some things that we have planned. And I think I said this maybe two, three episodes ago. I don't really want to, bro- I don't, I'm not a fan of broadcasting stuff like that. Cause I, not that anything personal, but I just feel like me keeping it sheltered and held in is what makes it blossom. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, let not the left hand know what the right hand doeth. I don't want to necessarily brag about stuff. Just when it blossoms, you'll see it and you'll be like, man, that was a, a great idea. And it was a great way to affect the community. So still working on that, on what I want to do to leave a legacy. Um, but it's definitely in the plans or uh, in the works to, to be happening. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. <clears throat> For me, I want to complete and write two books. I have titles in mind. I have the concept and idea written out. I just have to get it done. Like, And again, to go back to a few episodes ago, like the whole Kobe Bryant situation, right? Like we think we have all this time to get all this stuff done and we think oh I'm just you know in my 30s I gotta get this done first like I really have to set aside a time to do the things that I need to get done before it's too late so I'm gonna force y'all to be my accountability partners and like continue to just check in on what's the progress with the book how far along are you have you reached out to anyone? Like that's what I think is really going to define uh, my legacy, and not even for like any type of financial gain. I just think that I have a unique story that can inspire, and I want to be able to help other people dealing with whatever they're going through and see their way out. Like two days ago, maybe it was just yesterday. Teddy Bridgewater, he wrote a letter to, like, young boys that are, you know, going through life and trying to navigate through high school and, you know, free lunch, not having both parents and growing up in poverty. And it was still relatable. Like, it was just like, man, like, I remember going through some of those struggles and not not having certain things and to look back on how far I've came like it's it's truly a blessing so I really have to get serious about getting my book out there I've been talking about it for a while my wife is tired of hearing about it (laughs) and so now with my daughter being two I have a son on the way I have to get my book out there so that's the one thing I think that's really going to help me establish my legacy and to put my family and myself in just a a different space. Well, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I pre- And it's going to be a lot of like relatable topics in there. Like I'll share you, share with you to the title. It, one of the books is called From the Note floor seats so basically the concept would be you first like start your sporting experience by going with your family in the nosebleed seats you know you get the cheap seats just to get into the building and eventually you want to work your way down to the floor seats and that's where I'm at with my life is like I started off at the top touching the ceiling you know just barely getting my feet wet and now like I'm fully engulfed in I'm on the floor seats, I'm yelling at the players, I'm talking to the coaches and you know I've been able to create this life for myself and I want to, you know, inspire people going through, you know, whatever they're going through like hey, it may start off ugly but eventually it becomes this beautiful masterpiece and 
you just got to stick with it. So that's that's one of the concepts of one of the books that I want to write. So stay tuned. I'll be ready for it, and I'll be. You need any tips, pointers, or just a proofreader? I got you. I appreciate that. I do. I really do. Dre. Yep. So again, fellas, I think this is one of our better podcasts. Um, a lot of good commentary, a lot of good dialogue, and um, appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Yes, I always appreciate you boys. It's been a good time. Nothing but laughs and, and and sharing knowledge. Love the time. And to the listeners, thank you guys. Exactly. Thank you guys for tuning in. And oh, more yeah. to come. And I, look, I look forward to doing this uh, every time we have an episode. So hopefully our, our listeners look forward to the next episodes coming out all the time. Indeed. Indeed.